You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Okay, let me, let me just uh, get right into it. I start off with saying that that uh, God's a see, He's a seeing God. He's a speaking God, right? And and here's what I just want to remind us is that God has called us to be a church that sees, a church that sees. This is, this is what God has put on us, and if you haven't already felt that already, you can see that is this mantle on our pastors. It's a mantle on this house that when other people are confused and uncertain about how to charge forward, God has given wisdom to see, insight to see, be able to discern light from the dark, be able to discern truth from the lies, be able to discern good from evil. God has called us to be that. Uh, In Matthew chapter 16, I love this exchange that Jesus has with his disciples. It says in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus asked a very important question. He says, but what about you? Right, what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, uh, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. So Jesus is, is kind of drilling down to the truth with his disciples because he realizes that if, if this thing is going to work, if they are going to expand the church, if they're going to extend the kingdom of God, if they're going to rescue a lost and broken world, if they're going to expand the gospel throughout not only their lifetime but all the way reaching to us, they couldn't just kind of be vaguely understanding what was happening. They had to know for sure who was Jesus. What was he? Why was he there? And so when Peter says, man, you are the Christ, you're the son of the living God, Jesus is like, yes, this is it. He was, he was kind of drilling down to the truth. What, what was real? What was right? What was accurate? He had to know, do my disciples see it or not? Can they see? Are they able to realize what's happening and what I'm doing? And God has called us to be a church that sees. Church that sees. See, Jesus is not just one way to heaven. He's not just a option. He is the way the truth, and the life, right? Sadly, there was uh, a, a, uh, he used to be well-known as a worship leader, and now he's well-known as a heretic. Um, This guy who recently tweeted out, Jesus was the Christ, Buddha was the Christ, Muhammad was the Christ, Christ is our reflection of ourself, we're all the Christ, and now he is a heretic. So, um, and a very confused man. He's totally lost. He, he would have answered this question very poorly, right? He was off track. He, he totally missed the moment. And, and what's happening, though, in this last era of the planet, and in America specifically, but just all over the world, is something I would say happens maybe every several decades, 50 years, 100 years at the most, that will happen as a cycle where the enemy comes in and tries to get people to start doubting the truth of God's word. It's a consistent, revolving thing. And it's something that Satan started at the very beginning, right? Remember? 
you know, the enemy says to Eve, did God really say, right? It was the starting challenge of Satan, and he hasn't really changed his tactic very much. Whenever you're trying to go after something, and you're believing for something, and you're standing on the word, or you're working on a prophetic word that you feel like that God gave you or that was prophesied of your life, and, and you're trying to hang on to that thing, you're going to get a constant attempt of the enemy to weasel his way in there and go, hey, did God really say that? Is that really the truth? And I watched a great documentary on, on the, the late, great Reverend Billy Graham, and when he was first kind of exploding onto the world scene, he was in another one of those eras of having to ask and answer the question, is the word of God trustworthy? Is it reliable? And he wrestled with that, and he navigated through that whole conversation, and he finally came to that place and said, no, no, the word of God is truth. The word of God is inerrant. The word of God is trusted. Heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will never pass away. And that's why if you ever see old clips of Billy Graham, a lot of times he's saying stuff like this. The Bible says the word Word of God declares, it is written in the word, right? Because it's the only truth. It's the only thing that answers the chaos of the world that we're living in. And uh, recently I posted something, and you know, don't follow me if you're easily offended, but recently I posted something on social media where I said four like hot button social issues that every Christian should be able to answer. So I kind of gave a little description, a verse for each of those. And somebody well-meaning who was a Christian, you know, sent me a DM and just said, hey, I'm not disagreeing with what you said, but like I was really hoping for more of like a, a non-biblical way to answer those questions because I want to be able to maybe argue that point with, people who don't believe in, in Jesus or don't believe in the Bible. And I sort of understand what they're saying, but uh, we don't, and we don't have to be nervous about psychology or nervous about science or nervous about archaeology. All of those things continue to reaffirm exactly what the Bible said, right? But I refuse to take on a mindset that the best way to help a chaotic world is by giving them more of what they already have, Right? I was, we're, I was talking to Pastor Jurgen the other day, and we were talking about how, you know, when a culture is drowning, right? And in many ways, doesn't it feel like with the level of chaos and confusion in the world around us, it's like, it's like they are drowning, right? And they can't hardly keep their head above the water. Well, when you're going to rescue somebody who's drowning, you don't throw them a bucket of water. You throw them a rope, Right? They don't need more of what's drowning them. They need somebody to stand on the truth and say, the word of God says, the Bible declares, right? They need it. They need the truth. It's the only thing that will set them free, right? And clarity about truth brings conviction in our life that we live, but the only way to get clear is not by searching every other thing. The way to get clear is by searching God's word, by getting into the presence of God, by being in worship, being in the word of God. This is where clarity comes from. This is where certainty comes from. This is where conviction is birthed. And if we're gonna reach and rescue a world, we've gotta have some conviction and some clarity about what we believe. 
Because if we're just as confused as the rest of the world, that's not very helpful. And the truth is, we don't have to be. Because most of the things that the world is confused about is actually not that complicated. We have a creator, we're not an accident, right? We have, an, we have a designer. We are intricately designed. It is the most laughable concept to think that humanity was created by anything but a creator. It takes more insane faith to assume that we evolved over millions and billions of years than it does to believe that if there's an intelligent design, there must be an intelligent designer, right? We have the answer to that. Nobody else is giving answers to that. We have the answer to the value of life. Like, how is it possible that abortion is even a topic of conversation? This should not be a confusing thing for Christians, right? The Bible is clear about the value of life, clear about the truth of God's word, right? That every life has been hand-formed in their mother's womb. God has already named you. God has already put destiny on you before you are born. You do not become a human after birth. You, at inception, you've been given life. You've been given identity. You've been given purpose and dreams, right? So we have, we have the truth to the chaos. We've got the answer to the world that's around us. And um, it, it was great because this just confirmed what I wanted to reaffirm tonight out of uh, Daniel chapter 2 because Pastor Jurgen was teaching the staff this this morning. And in Daniel chapter 2, I really feel like it's a prophetic picture about what's happening right now with the confusion. So in Daniel chapter 2, just to lay it up a little bit, King Nebuchadnezzar has this crazy dream. And uh, it's tormenting him. So he goes to his like, you know, magicians and wise men and enchanters. And he goes, hey, listen, you got to interpret this dream for me. It's just, it's messing with me. And so they go, okay, cool. Tell us what the dream is. And he goes, no, actually not so fast. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to switch it up a little bit, right? He was feeling spicy, right? So he goes, here's what we're actually going to do. Not, I'm not going to tell you the dream. You are going to tell me the dream. And then you're going to tell me the interpretation of the dream. And if you can't do that, I'm killing you all. I was like, oh, jeez. That's a high standard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be telling the king what his dream was. That's crazy. So all, all these kind of wise men of the era, all the magicians and all their, their kind of priests and all that kind of a deal, they're going, king, this is impossible. No one can do it. No king has ever asked anyone to do this. This can't happen. And so the king goes, fine, you're all dead. I'm killing you all. We're just doing it. So that word gets to Daniel, and Daniel kind of goes, hey, let's not kill everybody just yet. Take me to the king. I'm going to interpret his dream, right? God's going to do the same. So he goes there, and God does this miracle. God gives Daniel the dream. I mean, it's supernatural. God shows Daniel what the king dreamt and then gives Daniel the interpretation. And I'm just going to give you, uh, read the end of kind of the conclusion of that. Daniel chapter 2, starting end of verse 45, says, the, the great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true. The interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. And I love the way the message reads this out. Your God is beyond question, the God of all gods, the master of all kings. 
And he solves mysteries, I know, because you solve this mystery. See, God has called us to be a church that sees. God has called us to be a church that answers the mystery of a generation, right? That unravels the mystery. That answers the questions that the world is facing. There's no value in us throwing buckets of water into a confused and drowning world. We need to throw a line of truth. We need to throw a rope of hope. Come on. Oh, I started rhyming there for a second. Oh, the anointing came on me. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, this, this is what God has called us to be, to interpret the dreams of the world that's around us. They're being tormented. They're being confused. They're, they're, they're unsettled. They don't know which way's up. They don't know which bathroom to use. You know what I'm saying? They're just, there's a lot of confusion, right? But to us, you know, we're kind of laughing a little bit because it seems so obvious. Because to us, it's so clear. Why? Because we have the truth. When you reject the truth, chaos happens. Right? So a lot of the confusion in our world today is not really shocking. Because when you reject the foundation, there's no other option but utter and complete chaos. Just absolute degeneration of society happens when we reject the truth of God's word. Because this is the standard, this is the, the, the foundation, this is what we all build on, and when the word of God comes to us, and the word of God speaks to us, and we live by the word of God, like Pastor Mike said, it works, right? The truth of God works. And we've gotta have a conviction level on the inside of us that says, listen, this world needs the truth, and it's the only hope. And as we end, I'll have the band come up so I can uh, be reminded to end here. We have the answer, you guys. We have the hope that the world needs. And if, if we try to just live our life not offending people, withholding the truth because we're not sure how they might act, we're in essence, in essence, leaving people to drown when we have a rope in our hands. Instead of throwing them a line, throwing them a lifeline, giving them something they can grab onto. And here's the thing about truth. It is, it is confusing when people first hear it. And this is why Christians sometimes will say something true, they get backlash either socially or in a, in a circle of some kind, and then they start talking like, well, I guess, I guess they don't understand it, or I guess it doesn't make sense, or maybe they don't like it, or they don't want to hear it. And there could be a variety of reasons why you might get a little bit of kickback, but I just want to remind you that when you're first learning a language, it's confusing to you at first, right? And the language of truth is a foreign language to this world right now, okay? So when a, when a baby is first born, I got Kenzie, my youngest, here on the front row. What's up, girl? There we go. Eat, sleep, rock, hero, representing the church merch. And... Uh, so when, when Kenzie was first born, the first week of her life, and I was talking in English to her, she wasn't talking back to me, and I was just, I was, I mean, I was in her face about it. I said, Kenzie, what's your problem? How come you can't understand English? No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that because, of course, a one-week-old child is not going to understand what I'm saying yet. All, all the, they're feeling stuff, but they don't understand what you're saying yet. And it takes a little while, and then all of a sudden they start mimicking the sounds. They don't even know what they're saying yet. 
You know how it is when a baby's raised up. They just, they start talking and making noises and, you know, making sounds. And at some point they can form words. And at some point they actually understand what those words mean, right? And then as parents, you have to watch what you say. <laughs> um, but as, you're, as, you're, as your kid learns a language, initially they're going to look at you like, what? And the same thing with the world right now. When you're speaking truth, it's going to look back at you like, what? This doesn't make sense. I don't understand you're talking gibberish to me. I, you know, d- just stop. But here's the key is that we keep speaking the truth. We got to keep speaking it. We got to keep bringing truth. We got to keep bringing the word of God. When the culture says this, you say, well, the Bible says this. The Bible says this about this situation. And I got to keep speaking it until finally people go, man, you know what? That's starting to make sense. I thought you were crazy at first. I thought you were just spouting off some jargon. But all of a sudden, it starts to make, you know what? I'm going to try to apply that to my life. And people's lives get transformed. If the people who understand the language of truth stop speaking it, we will go illiterate completely, right? We have got to keep bringing the word of God, keep bringing the truth of God's word, because why? Not just because we're part of some religious group that is committed to extending our membership. No, it's because we know that the Bible says that when people know the truth, the truth will set them free. We have a world that's drowning. We have a world that's in bondage. And the only thing that's going to set them free is the truth in this word. Nothing else works. Nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else brings the hope but God's Word. Amen. Amen. All right. Time to end it because we got a party. I'm already in the red letters, and that's not a biblical thing. It's just red numbers, red numbers up there. (laughs) Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift up your hands. Just want to pray, just a a fresh release of courage. We're in a house of courage. We're we're in a a church full of faith, full of courage that runs right from the top through your incredible campus pastors. They're, They're full of faith, full of truth, full of the word of God. And it runs right to every single one of us in this place. And so, Father, I pray right now for fresh boldness and courage to speak the truth to bring the truth in love, truth in grace, truth in hope, right? Mercy and truth, but God, let us never withhold the truth. It's what our world needs. It's what our city needs. It's what our schools need. It's what our businesses need. It's what our government needs. God, we need the truth. And God, I pray that in a room like this, that you give us the courage to speak when it's more comfortable to be silent. Give us the courage to rise up when everyone else is staying sedentary. God, give us the courage to be bold communicators and conveyors of your truth. God, not a worldly truth, not a secular truth, not just good motivational thoughts and ideas, but God, your truth, your word, your gospel, your principles, your proverbs, your power, God. I pray, Lord, that you would elevate it, that you would strengthen us, you would give us your touch and your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Just with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna turn it over to Pastor Mike in just a moment, but I just wanna ask this so important question, massively important question before we go. 
you've been coming to church for a while, you know what I'm going to ask. It's about your relationship with Jesus. If you're brand new, you're just thinking, geez, pop quizzes in church. I wasn't ready for this. But if you're new and, and, and or you've been coming for a little while and you just go, man, I know I feel something. I, I sense God calling me. I, I sense it's time to turn from my way and start following Jesus. And uh, I want to give you an opportunity just a moment. Or maybe you've been coming for a while and you've you've made the decision maybe years back and you just feel, man, you feel a mile, million miles away from God because of decisions you made. And you just know, man, tonight's the night. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm going to cross over and say, Jesus, I'm following you. See, us being right with God, people use those terms, get right. Are you right with God? You, we don't get right with God by our own actions. We get right because of what Jesus did on the cross. See, sin separated us from God, but Jesus went to the cross. He died on that cross to pay the price for our sin. And when we receive Jesus, he forgives all of our sin, removes all of that weight of the of sin of death and the debt of sin, and he brings us close to him again. So on the count of three, all around the room, if you say, Samuel, include me in this prayer. I, I, wanna, I wanna give my life to Jesus tonight. I, I'm gonna turn from my way. I'm gonna follow him. Maybe for the first time or as a recommitment, I just want to have you lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. This is going to be a simple but bold declaration that you're following Jesus, that you're all in, that you're going for, that you're going to surrender your life to him. So on the count of three, if that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand. One, two, three. All around the room, lift up your hand. Great. Anybody else? Good. Amazing. Anybody else is awesome. Proud of you guys. Anybody else? Lift up your hands. Great. So good. Anybody else? Lift up your hand. I want to make sure you include everybody in this moment. Good. So good. Awesome. Proud of you guys. Man, what a great day. What a great moment. Um, here's what I want to do. Everyone who just raised your hand, you're about to. Right now, the church, we're going to cheer you on. We're going to, we're going to applaud, and we're going to encourage you as you take your... Uh, a, a step out of where you're seated. Come right down to the front. I want to meet you. We're going to pray together. So go ahead. Come on down. If you raise your hand, come forward. We're so proud of you guys. Amazing. Maybe you were just about to raise your hand and you hadn't yet. Make your way down here. Let me shake your hand. Proud of you guys. You're awesome. Stay right here with me. Awesome. Great. Amazing. Yeah, congratulations. Awesome, guys. Good, good. Come on down. Let me pray with you. Congratulations. It's amazing. Anybody else give you one more moment? Make your way down. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray together with you. Just a simple but bold prayer, like I said. At this moment, God's going to forgive you. Wipe away all your sins bring you close to him again. You don't have to worry, oh yeah, but you don't know my story. No, listen, God died on the cross for every story, every past, every situation, every circumstance. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He's for you, not against you. He brought you here to this moment for a specific reason. So church, especially those up in the front, I want you to pray this prayer after me, but the whole church family is gonna pray along with you. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and raising him from the dead to give me life. Today, I choose to leave my old way and follow Jesus with all my heart. Holy Spirit, fill me up, empower me,
to live for you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.